Here we go. It's Monday, August the 21st in the year of our Lord, 2023. You are listening to Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at readings for the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. If you ever want to ask me a question or get ready for Friday's open mic, you can email me at tombaker at brick.net. That's B-R-I-C-K dot net. But today we're looking at the 13th Sunday after Pentecost as we move closer and closer to the end of the church year. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 51. The epistle is from Romans chapter 11. And the gospel, which we're going to be looking at, is from Matthew 16. Now, why did I decide that we want to take a look at Matthew 16? Well, if you've been listening to Law and Gospel for, well, the past 20 plus years, you will note that the way I like figuring out a sermon, I read the readings for the coming Sunday until I find something that appears to contradict Lutheran theology. And then that becomes the focus of my sermon. Well, what is there in these three readings that I found that appeared to contradict Lutheran theology? It's in Matthew 16. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Verse 20. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. How would you like to put that Bible verse on top of your church door? Instead of, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, or hundreds and hundreds of other really good passages that focus on Jesus as our Savior. What does this one mean? He strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So we need to take a look at Scripture interprets Scripture to understand why Jesus charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. When that appears to be our very focus in the church, to proclaim Jesus as the Christ. So taking a look at Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, that is a very favorite title that Jesus uses for himself the Son of Man, is found in the Old Testament. In fact, in Daniel, you'll have God the Father described as the Ancient of Days, and he sends the Son of Man to earth, who is, of course, Jesus, and he sends him to earth to redeem the world. But Jesus is asking his disciples, who do people say 
that the Son of Man is? And they begin to answer him. Some say John the Baptist. Now, yes, he was a great prophet preaching about what? Repentance. And so a lot of people look to him as maybe being son of man. Others say Elijah, because Elijah is said to also be coming near the end of the world. And then others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now, Jeremiah was a tremendous prophet at the time of the Babylonian captivity, as were other prophets. So these are the four guesses that the disciples make. And then Jesus says to them, but who do you say that I am? And then Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, that was the right answer. And in verse 17, Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Now, Barjona is simply the way of talking about the son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, this is really important to understand that that revelation came to Peter not on the basis of flesh and blood. What does that mean? Not on the basis of just figuring out who Jesus was from a, well, flesh and blood point of view. But it was revealed to Peter by the Father. This really talks a lot about how we come to believe the message of the Holy Gospel. It's not because we make it up in our own minds, but it's revealed to us by the Father through the Holy Spirit. And then Peter is told by Jesus, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, the word for Peter, the name, does mean rock. And so this has led a number of Christians, including the Roman Catholic Church, to think that Jesus is building his church on Peter. That's what he means by the rock. But in the original language, though both words mean rock, the second rock upon which he will build his church is spelled differently. And the gates of hell shall not prevail it. Jesus is not saying that he's going to build his church on the first pope named Peter. No. He's building in on the rock. And what is that rock? It's Peter's 
confession, namely, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says to the disciples, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, this reminds us of after Jesus had risen from the dead, he met with his disciples, and he said this, whatever you bind shall be bound, whatever you shall loose shall be loosed. And he's talking about the forgiveness of sins. The disciples have the right to bind people to their sins when there is no repentance and to loose them from their sins when there is repentance. And when they forgive, then that forgiveness is also recognized in heaven by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the unique teaching of the Christian faith, forgiveness of sins. And what does forgiveness mean? We've said it a number of times, but in case you haven't heard us, it means that you are no longer held accountable for your sin. How can you not be held accountable? You're the one who sins. But the message is that Jesus was held accountable. When was he held accountable? When he became incarnate, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He took upon himself the punishment of being rejected by the Father, by being alone on the cross, taking upon himself the sins of the world. It's then that we get to this next verse that appears to be a contradiction in the Bible. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Now, why would Jesus say that? Well, it's obvious from the context that we just read. When Simon Peter indicates Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, he himself did not even recognize what he was saying. It wasn't until the resurrection that the disciples proclaimed Jesus as God, God himself. And therefore, on the basis of the flesh, people were saying he's John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. For them to understand that Jesus was the Christ would mean that they would have a proper understanding of who the Christ was. And the word Christ, of course, 
is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. But for them, the Messiah also was more than just a regular man. He was the one who fed 5,000 people, 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. And remember what happened after Jesus did that? They ran after him, and they wanted to make him a king of Israel. They did not recognize him as the son of God or the proper understanding of the Christ. So there was a misunderstanding on the part of the people who the Christ was. The, the most important phrase, though, in Matthew 16 is when Jesus says, Peter, on this rock, which is the confession you have made, I will build my church. That is found also in the Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 51. You see, the Old Testament is not to be considered as old that we don't have to follow it anymore. No, it helps explain what the New Testament says, especially the words of Jesus where he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Listen to Isaiah 51. It begins, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Now, what is Isaiah talking about? Well, you can always figure out what a Bible passage is talking about by taking a look at the context. And Isaiah continues talking about the rock from which they were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. Now, he's not talking about Peter there. He's talking about Abraham and Sarah, who gave birth to Isaac. And Isaac was in the line to the Virgin Mary, who bore Jesus. For he was but one when I called him. In other words, Abraham was one individual, but God called him that I might bless him and multiply him. Remember what God said to Abraham? He said, you will bear a nation that will be more numerous than the sands of the sea, than the stars in the heaven." He was but one when I called him, but I will bless him and multiply him. Verse three continues, for the Lord comforts 
Zion. Now that, of course, is referring to Jerusalem. He comforts all her waste places, and he makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. See, this is the promise to Abraham. Not that he will just be taken to the land of Canaan, but he'll be taken to heaven itself. Heaven, which will be like the Garden of Eden, like the Garden of the Lord. And then joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Yeah, there are those who make the mistake that the promise to Abraham was just that he would return to the land of Canaan with many people. No, it's also referring that he will return to heaven itself. That's the home. So, what does God say in verse 4? Give attention to me my people, and give ear to me, my nation. Reminds us of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, where God the Father says, listen to him. And see, that's what every ordained pastor should be doing in a sermon, repeating the words of Jesus, having the congregation Listen to him. God says, my righteousness draws near. Verse 5. My salvation has gone out. And my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me. And for my arm they wait. What's he talking about there? Where did Jesus ascend back into heaven? To the right of God the Father. He sits at his right arm. He is God's right arm. That's what the people are waiting for. So verse 6 has some great advice. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does that mean, the earth beneath? Well, he explains it. For the heavens vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment. He's talking about Judgment Day. As we lift our eyes to the heavens and the earth beneath us, because the heavens will vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, including they who dwell in it will die in like manner. In other words, many of the believers will have already died. 
and they will wear out like a garment. But, God continues, my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will never be dismayed. Now, what does that mean? Isn't it our righteousness that will not be dismayed? Well, that may be correct, but you are only righteous because of the righteousness of God. That is the gift that you received when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Jesus strictly charges the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ, that's because that the views of the Christ were in error in that day. And Jesus did not want to give the people the wrong impression. How would they truly know that he was the Christ? They would truly know by his crucifixion. We talked about an atheist named Auden who became a Christian. And the reason he became a Christian is because he said, when I learned about Jesus Christ, I discovered that Jesus never fulfilled any of my dreams or hopes. And when you first read that, you wonder, what is he talking about? But as an atheist, his dreams and hopes dwelt on earth, not in heaven. He had no dream about having his sins forgiven because as an atheist, he didn't think he was that bad a sinner. But when he came to know Jesus Christ, he learned of the promises of Jesus that were far greater than any of his flesh and blood promises that he had in the old Adam. So for him, Jesus became the rock on which the church stood, namely a proper understanding of Jesus as the Christ. And remember the words of Thomas on the night of the resurrection when he saw Jesus? Well, that was a week after the resurrection. He proclaimed, my Lord and my God. That's the meaning of the Christ. And the people were not yet ready to understand that because they saw Jesus as a wonderful healer, somebody who give them food and dwelling and maybe make a good leader over Israel, but they didn't recognize him as the king of salvation, the ruler and the creator of the world, according to John chapter one. That's what an atheist came to understand, that no longer 
was Jesus someone who would fulfill his earthly dreams. But now he would fulfill his spiritual dreams that he came to know as a message of Jesus Christ was proclaimed to him. And that message is found in Romans 11, the epistle. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. That's Paul reminding us that you cannot figure out who Jesus is through the flesh. You need the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he even says, who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him, the Lord, that he might be repaid? There's no repayment you can give to God because your salvation is free of charge. As he says, come and buy water and milk and bread without price. It's free. It's given to you by grace. And therefore, to him, Paul says, be glory forever. Because in Christ, we have received what is really the rock on which the church has been built. The gift of the forgiveness of sins and heaven as our home. Join us tomorrow when we'll take a look at a verse of built on the rock, the church shall stand and help you to understand even more what is that rock. I'm Tom Baker. You've been listening to Law and Gospel. Join us tomorrow. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.